Hey, it's Clint Daly, host of the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. You know we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you our own unique outlook on the world of sports. You know, we try to give you some actual insight and maybe a common sense approach to sports. Whether it's breaking news, some of the biggest games, or even some sports history, check out the Daily Dose Sports Podcast now on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. The Daily Dose, your daily dose of sports and sarcasm. We have a power and a force that you've never seen before. The ability to morph and to even up the score. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Powerful Nerdcast. I am Corey, and joined with me, as always, is your rocket raccoon lookalike, Christian. You motherfucker. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's me, Christian. I'm here, the hostess with the mostess, and we are ready to bring you the next Powerful Nerdcast. I know, it's very special. Guys, we are so lucky just to be able to actually record this episode today. Uh, if you haven't noticed, a lot of the episodes have been releasing kind of sporadically. We used to do this on a weekly basis, but the fact of the matter is... We talk we, about this every time we start an episode. Yeah, I know. Now. It's just, I feel like we need to apologize, because when we initially started doing this podcast, I, I really did want to try to release one every single week, but we've been very, very busy lately. Uh, so let's just be happy that we're here today because we have a lot of cool things to talk about. Uh, just recently in the last week in Dragon Ball Super, Trunks, that's future Trunks, not to be confused with his annoying ass self from the present, has a brand new form and everybody is scratching their heads and their asses trying to figure out what the hell it is. We have a brand new trailer for the Power Rangers movie coming out in 2017, so we're definitely going to give you our thoughts on that. Luke Cage just finished up its very first season on Netflix. Both Christian and I have seen the show, and if we have a little bit of time left over, we'll talk about this brand new Star Wars Rogue One trailer. But first, I wanted to go ahead and talk about Trunks, because... Trump? You want to talk about Trump? We are not talking about Trump in his new <laughs> Super Saiyan form. Super Saiyan God... Super Saiyan grabber by the pussy! Oh my god. <laughs> that's, that's all anyone's talking about this week is, is Trump and all the, the crazy audio that they found about him groping women and everything. He's you like, know? it's cool. Guys just talk about raping chicks when no it's, one's looking. It's locker, ro- it's locker room talk. <laughs> it's locker room Speaking rape talk. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> we were talking about this earlier, Christian. I told you there was a new South Park this week, which I, I just yes. watched last night. I haven't seen um, it yet. And I don't want to spoil too much for you. But again, what I love most about South Park oh, is... Oh, did they include that? They they didn't include a lot of Trump stuff, but they did have one line of dialogue where Gerald mentions, uh, it's just locker room talk Aww. about all of the crazy shit. These, But that's all been going on over the course of the last week. So you know that they pounced on that one really quick. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's go ahead and talk about Dragon Ball Super. So... At the end of the most recent episode of Dragon Ball Super, Goku and Vegeta have had their asses handed to them by Black and Zamas. And at the very end, they started basically just grilling Trunks, telling them that it's all your fault that all of this has happened. If it wasn't for your existence and time-traveling shenanigans, everyone would still be alive. We wouldn't be killing everyone. All of the blame is on you. And Trunks, predictably, of course, in Saiyan fashion, gets super freaking pissed off and starts to go through a brand new transformation, which is like a straight combination of Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan 2, and even a little bit of Super Saiyan Blue. 
and we don't know what the fuck is going on. And I just wanted to give our thoughts about that. Christian, what did you think of Trunks's like overall brand new form? Okay, I thought, well, here's the thing. First of all, very excited. I was like, okay, cool, a new form. Blue just came out, but that's already become kind of normalized. So I'm excited that they're doing something else. But at the same time, it also feels like the same old, same old with Dragon Ball. You know, oh, the heroes are pushed to the, the heroes are pushed into a corner. So they have to transform. Like, they can't use the power they have already. They have to scream louder, get longer hair, and get a new transformation. And I was like, this is like fucking fairy tale. And I don't like fairy tale from the storytelling point of view, but I like the action. So sometimes I read the manga. I'm not saying I'm not hypocritical. I'm a walking contradiction. But what I am saying is that I was like, oh, shit. Fairy tale is actually ripping off Dragon Ball Z. Like, I didn't even think of that, you mm. know? So now that, because, uh, you know, those guys, they always get new transformations or they yell louder uh, in uh, in Fairy Tale and then they beat the bad guys. They, the fire is bigger, you know, <laughs> the ice is larger, whatever. If you guys don't know what Fairy Tale is, you're totally lost. But the point is that I kind of felt like it's the storytelling of Dragon Ball Z rehashed again. So I was a little disappointed with that. I was like, maybe. That I was kind of hoping, I'm still waiting for Goku and Vegeta to get over their inability to do teamwork and either do fusion again or do, uh, like, Dragon Ball Z does not do two people versus one. Like, not they, too often. No, Although, I mean, Piccolo and Krillin versus, uh, na- uh, not Nappa. Nappa. Yeah. There's that. What else? To a lesser extent, I guess Gohan was helping out a little bit in that. Um, there By was crying. the scene when they were fighting against the Ginyu Force. Okay. And uh, Raccoon was like the, the guy who came out and he's just like, after Goldo was killed, Raccoon just seemed completely unstoppable and he was just wasting Krillin, Gohan, and But Vegeta. they were like saving Vegeta from dying. They weren't all fighting together. True, true. You know, it's like a different sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I would like to almost see that dynamic change. Mm-hmm. Especially because Black and Zamas fight together all the time. Like, in the most recent episode, they did a lot of techniques where they would like sort of work in synchronization. I mean, they're energy attacks. Yeah, they were there. You know, they both shot their balls of energy and they would combine to become very large attacks, you know. And so it's kind of like I'm ready to see that dynamic change more than I was excited to see a new transformation. Mm -hmm. You know, like so that's the one thing I'm a little disappointed in if Mm -hmm. I had to say be critical of the episode. But overall, I mean, awesome new transformation. Future Trunks, probably most people, their favorite characters of Dragon Ball Z are Goku or Vegeta. And then they probably say future trunks somewhere in there. So yeah. I think giving future trunks a new transformation, making him relevant, even though they were giving him like random ass power ups to be able to fight next to blue Goku and blue Vegeta is ridiculous. Um, so now they're kind of justifying it because he was on the cusp of a new transformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're always really powerful, uh, a.k.a. Gohan, Super Saiyan 2, you mm-hmm. know, Cell. Uh, so I was excited, but. Um, I don't really know where this is going to go, so I'm, I'm hesitant to get too excited. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just like a temporary power-up where his anger gave him a you know window into some potential power, and he's just going to punch him a lot, and then he's going to run out of power. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you think it actually is like a Super Saiyan God ability, or is it just a coincidence that he happens to have like a blue aura trapped within the yellow? I think... I actually don't know, man, because <laughs> Super Saiyan Blue isn't supposed to be achievable unless you get a bunch of Saiyans together to give you the power. But Vegeta pulled it off. But Vegeta pulled it off. And did they ever bring that up? No. No. They, they just never. sort of, you know, he went through some crazy training with uh, Whis and Beerus. Yeah. But so that could mean that Vegeta had the training to give to Trunks because he did train with uh, Trunks for an undisclosed amount of time. We really don't know. Um, so uh, it's cool, but at the same time, I'm confused at what it's going to do. And if a blue Goku and Vegeta who are already like trained out, 
um, can't stop them, how come a brand new person with the blue technique could? Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't really make sense. That's a really fair point. Yeah, it's kind of like, eh, okay, now we can fight on their level. But I again, I'd rather see fusion and teamwork more than I'd rather see new transformations. So that's where I'd like to see the series go. I'm not sure if it's going to go there, uh, but damn it, this has been like one of the coolest arcs in a while because mm-hmm. it actually feels like they're in danger of losing for the first time. Like that's the thing. Goku and Vegeta have no backup over there in their weird timeline world that they're fighting in. And I almost, as soon as they started talking about all these timelines, my mind immediately went, went to like Rick and Morty, which is now like the ultimate explanation of like the multiverse theory in an educational slash entertaining medium. So like, I'm like, Oh, there's the fucking a multiverse in Dragon Ball Z now. And they've just pretty much said anything can happen. And does this mean Goku and Vegeta are going to go to all the alternate timelines that have evil winning and stop it? You know, like that could be kind of cool. Like they're almost like galactic police, but not the galactic police, like a different thing. I need to have, they need to have their own name. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe this is an element of the story that could finally belong to future trunks. Finally give him something to do aside from constantly living in a shitty future where they're always rebuilding things. He could like start this brand new organization, which is all about saving alternate timelines and traveling to different time periods and fighting against villains and alternate versions of characters that we're very familiar with. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe there's a timeline where Vegeta went evil and he has to stop him. Maybe there's a timeline where a different God, when evil he has to stop them mm-hmm. uh you, you know and then the other thing is i think obviously obviously goku is going to incorporate that button thing that the god gave him mm-hmm. to call upon the god that's an interesting point because they did bring up in the episode uh, that uh black has been going to various dimensions and alternate timelines and he's been killing all of the Kaioshin, which means he's also been killing the gods of destruction. But there's still a Zeno out there. There's still this all-omnipotent being which has the ability to wipe out universes in the blink of an eye. And is he really just going to stand idly by while a Kaioshin becomes evil and does all of this stuff? I think not. No, of course not. I mean, that's probably going to be the deus machina of mm-hmm. the uh, arc. You know, mm-hmm. Even if Zamas and Goku Black win, he's going to show up and be like, nope, and just erase them. Mm-hmm. And of course, he has the power to kill an immortal being. I just yeah. think it's obvious he also has that enough power to do that. I mean, Zeno has to be on some sort of other level. I'm just, uh, unless they're just really trying to mess with the viewers, and he's really not as crazy as they make him out to be. But considering how everybody who's like a real big higher up in the series, especially amongst the gods, like shits their pants just being in front of him, he has to be at least a little powerful. Look, maybe he has the power to create planets and things like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a powerful character. Mm-hmm. Th- those could be two separate powers altogether. Mm-hmm. Like, you've had random powers. Like, uh, who was the guy that came with uh, da- Babidi um, that could spit and make you uh, stone? Deborah. Deborah. That's an ultimate technique, if you think about it. Like, imagine if that, if he spit on Goku Black. That'd be it. Yeah. You know? Maybe Goku Black is so powerful, he'd just end up powering up and breaking it away. I don't know. They could come up with some loophole. But what I'm saying is maybe he has a destructive universe power that is not connected to his power level at all. You know? Like, there's ways that they could uh, develop that character in in a way that we've never seen. There's more than fighting power in Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. And also, intelligent characters have uh, affected the storyline a lot, like Bulma. She's hanging out with all these crazy powerful people. Mm. She has like no no right being near power level wise. <laughs> but you know, you know, I saw this hilarious parody about uh, uh, Trunks talking to Vegeta and asking him, "How do I like have sex with a girl without killing her?" <laughs> <laughs> he can't control his thrusts. Yeah, you know, just give him a good stabbing. That's what Vegeta said. 
No, but the point is, Vegeta was like, I've been having sex without killing things for years. Let me tell you about that, son. And I just thought that that was always funny. It's true, though. You know, they're, they're too too damn strong. Like, how do they even fucking hold silverware without, like, destroying it? Yeah, you know? they like, even made that a plot point in one of the earlier episodes during the whole Cell Saga when, uh, I think it was Goku and Gohan when they were training how to, like, sustain their Super Saiyan powers. Mm-hmm. Chi-Chi actually kicks them out of the house because they keep breaking all of the silverware. I think that they're... Uh, I would also like to say, I think it's obvious that their power is more refined now because they were also doing something that they had never done before. So that's why their power was like a little all over the place. But because their power levels are probably more refined now and God power is a completely different thing than just having a huge power, you know, than having like Super Saiyan. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that they probably have uh, minute and finite control over their abilities now. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's something to say, like, I don't know. I, I just, I'm excited to see where this art goes, and it feels like it's going in new territory, but at the same time, I'm damn ready for another tournament arc to start. Yeah, I'm really excited for that, too. Um, do you think that Trunks is actually going to be the one to defeat Black and Zamas, or are Goku and Vegeta going to somehow come back? I think it's poetic and proper and repetitive to have him go back in time and defeat the bad guys, mm-hmm. um, which Dragon Ball Z is not above good repetitive storytelling that works so you know we'll see how that goes i mean to be fair though i mean i'd say that black zamas like their whole motives them being villains and everything they're probably the most unique villains of the entire series they're not just out to collect the dragon balls or become like the rule they're trying to destroy absolutely everything by going to these alternate timelines and just by covering up their true identity the fact that they're both the same being and they're working with conjunction like with each other that's really unique taking it back to sex is uh if they like get with each other is that just the same thing as masturbating like, what is that <laughs> funny story people were commenting on that on my review maybe like, that's where i picked that up because i read remember the they had that really weird hugging moment oh yeah <laughs> they're like i am one with you was that not weird like butt. zamas just met this weird freaky version of himself immediately accepts that it's him and they do this really weird creepy hug and it's not like just like a nice little quick hug they embrace each other and the other thing that's kind of weird about it is the way they spun around them to mm. show them as i think it was a symbol symbolic move yeah. to show them as one you know mm-hmm. the way the camera spun around them mm-hmm. but it was also very different for normal dragon ball z storytelling so it was borderline jarring like i was like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> they gonna make out <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much been the question for everybody this week what the fuck is going on so Here's my weird theory about really what's going on with future Trunks here, and this is definitely going to be out there. So we've already learned, and it's been established, that we have this whole like alternate universe, parallel timeline thing going on, and that means we can have an infinite number of realities and characters. Now thinking about this, I've already sort of accepted in the back of my mind that Dragon Ball GT could very well be another dimension, and all of the Dragon Ball Z movies could also very well be their very own dimensions and parallel universes because they have a lot of stories which don't necessarily tie in to the actual anime series or the manga storyline. Sometimes they contradict a lot of the events of the actual story. And that brings me to the character of Broly. Broly is a character that I've never necessarily been like a really big fan of, but he still is really popular amongst the fan base, and there's a huge connection that Broly has to Trunks, and it's something that's been there since the very beginning of Trunks' introduction. If you remember back during the Cell Saga, Trunks had that form that he used when he was fighting against Perfect Cell, which is basically just a super jacked-up-looking version of Trunks, which always looked a lot like Broly. 
and you even get to see that earlier on in this arc when he's having a sparring match against his father Vegeta. He de actually brings out that form. It's very reminiscent of Broly. His eyes are completely white, and he's just all jacked up and powerful. And while watching this week's episode of Dragon Ball Super, something similar does happen. His eyes go completely white, but his body doesn't get all jacked up and super powerful. But if you notice, when Future Trunks is actually walking towards people, his feet are crushing into the ground. He seems a lot heavier than he was before. And my theory is that he's actually become a legendary Super Saiyan, and he's able to use the power of the Super Saiyan God to not only contain all of that strength, but to actually keep his original form the way it was. And if you want to get even crazier with it, Future Trunks, in this alternate parallel version of Dragon Ball Super, wherever the hell it is, is actually the reincarnation of Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan. That is reaching, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> but reaching. It is different. You know, you also have to remember, too, legendary Super Saiyan Broly had an aura that was a completely different color. It was green, and we've never seen anything like that. There doesn't appear to be anything like that on future trunks. But I just, I see all the evidence there. I see what they're trying to evoke. They're trying to remind people that Broly was a thing, and this could very well be the next coming of that character, just in a much more interesting light. I mean, that would be awesome if it's, even if he isn't um, Broly's reincarnation, mm -hmm. if he's just Legendary Super Saiyan, that would be baller. Because Legendary Super Saiyan was a cool technique. It would be awesome if it was granted to the good guys, mm -hmm. you know, instead of just a bad guy they had to fight. But uh, I don't know if the cards line up that way because Trunks was never a ridiculously strong character from the, his birth, you know, not compared to the other characters. And Broly was always, like, gifted, you know, mm -hmm. like his power wasn't hidden. It was always there. It actually had to be suppressed so he could be around normal characters without it being obvious who he was, you know? You know, I was thinking about that, too, and it definitely makes sense. There's a lot of things going against my theory, one being that I think to be a legendary Super Saiyan, you have to be a pure-blood Saiyan, which Trunks is not. But if there's one thing that we've learned from the series, it's that a half-Saiyan, usually one that's half-human, half-Saiyan, has the potential to be even more powerful. I mean... I'm not saying that Gohan is incredibly powerful right now, but he we could know be. what he, he could is capable have been. of. Yeah, he We've could. seen what he can do, not only during the Cell arc, but even when he was fighting against Majin Buu. Like, he has the skills to pay the freaking bills here. And Trunks, indeed, is, of course, a half-Saiyan, half-human, and could potentially have unlocked something that we've never even seen before. And, you know, you have to take into account the environment that he grew up in. He's constantly been fighting his entire life. He's been training non-stop and going through all of these life-threatening battles. And this could have been what potentially unlocked his uh, final potential, which is a legendary Super Saiyan god. That's me just reaching, but that's just really what I think about what's really going on with Future Trunks right now. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of explanation. Hell, there probably won't be an explanation. We'll just have to wait and see a lot They'll of They'll just scream power up and fight each other. Boom. Fairy tale rules. Yeah. Fairy tale <laughs> rules. A lot of people are hoping that Goku and Vegeta are going to do the fusion dance, and they'll be able to do like a temporary fusion. Uh, which th it'll be the first time that we've actually seen uh, Gogeta since the uh, Dragon Ball Z movie uh, Fusion Reborn, which 
man, what a great way to bring that back. And also just seeing Super Saiyan Blue wearing the fusion outfit and everything, I think would be really freaking rocking. And Plus, we might get to see a new technique. Insanely powerful character. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely Beerus level character. Yeah. You know, like, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to tell with the movies because they are movies. They're basically just straight up spinoffs. Janemba seemed like he was a really powerful character, but like when Gogeta appeared, which is only like the last four minutes of the movie. He, he doesn't even really do anything. Him. He just kind of shows up like Goku, Vegeta, Jesus. Yeah. You know, and he then pretty much does one technique and finishes him off. He does the the equal opportunity rainbow blast. <laughs> <laughs> equal opportunity rainbow blast. Yeah. It's culturally relevant and it's cool looking. Uh, but that would be cool, though, to actually see new techniques because that's one of the coolest things I've been loving about Dragon Ball Super is, yes, we still have key blasts and super-powered punches and shit, but, like, during the tournament, you got to see uh, Hit the Assassin. Like, he had some really cool techniques we hadn't seen before, and even in the most recent episode, that scene where Goku gets, like, super pissed off and uh, begins fighting back against Black and Zamas, Z- Zamas, or actually Black, I guess they're the same characters, but uh, just for getting the understanding, Black uses that technique with his sword where he, like, has all of those energy beams just, like, explode in Goku's body. Yeah. And I love how he did, like, that pose with the sword and everything, and it caused it to explode. Like, I want more like that. More yeah. unique stuff that we haven't seen before. And there's a lot of potential for that if we actually get both Goku and Vegeta to do a straight-up fusion dance, or maybe seeing what Trunks is going to be capable of in the newest episode. Even though it is a little redundant, because Dragon Ball is known for just, you know, new power-ups or just new colored hair and new colored auras and everything i'm really excited to see what they're going to do with this and it's got a lot of people talking yeah no i'm excited to see where this arc goes but like i said i am just as excited to see the uh, multi-universe tournament which i think will probably happen after this arc i think it's going to be the final arc of the series oh personally if there's one way to end dragon ball it has to be a tournament the ultimate tournament between everyone bringing together characters from every single universe. Hell, they can do alternate timelines now if they want. They could bring future trunks into the tournament. Well, could they really? Because the gods hate time travel. That's true. Unless Goku somehow manages to convince Zeno that everything is cool. They seem to be on the same wavelength about things. You know. And I think if anyone's going to influence Zeno, it's going to be Goku. He'd be like, come on, bro. He'd be like, well, I want this guy to like me, so I guess I'll go along with it. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, no, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd like them to dive deeper in this timeline thing. Um, that's one thing that I find the Dragon Ball fan-made manga was really good at. Mm-hmm. When you, got, just, you tried to get me to read that for so long. Dude, it was so good. And I, I went five so chapters, and I'm just like, eh, I'm just not a big fan of fanfics. But it's so well done. It is well done. I'll See, give you that. Seeing Broly fight um, uh, Vegito, or however you say it. Uh, was it That's the, the uh, Patara fusion yeah. of uh, Goku and Vegito? Vegito? Yeah. Vegeta. Like, that was an awesome <laughs> arc. Seeing Boo fight, uh, or seeing uh, Vegeta fight uh, our timeline Vegeta. Like, the Vegeta that was fighting our Vegeta was the Vegeta that... Uh, was if uh, the planet Vegeta... Wow, this is a lot of... I know, dude. You're really confusing (laughs) me with all this Vegeta shit. If planet Vegeta had never been taken over by Frieza and Vegeta had actually just been a prince of the planet Vegeta. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And then versus the current timeline Vegeta, which was like Super Saiyan 2 at the Mm -hmm. time because Blue didn't exist. And he just... Our good Vegeta just wipes the floor with that one and he's all pissed. He's like, damn... These guys are, like, way too powerful, and the whole, like, Saiyan race, which still exists in that timeline, just leaves. They're like, fuck this. We have no business being here, you know, and they just leave. And then watching uh, 
Boo plot in the background to try to absorb Broly so he can become super powerful was always enjoyable. Now that's pretty fucking cool sounding. Yeah, like there's some cool shit in there. Not gonna lie, Machin Boo absorbing Broly sounds pretty crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. Does he like turn into like a super jacked up? No, no, no. Vegito shows up and stops him. He's like, "You're not fucking doing that, man." (sighs) We know they knew if that happened. Yeah, they knew shit would get real. So they just kicked kicked his ass out of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then there's also Frieza and his father. And his father actually shows that his he can actually go into the final form uh to fight someone and then there's this other race oh the race of people that existed on planet vegeta before the saiyan showed up and killed them mm. what are those the truffles the tuffles the, the tuffles? yes the tuffles the, so the tuffles show up but they have these awesome like mech power suits that they fight with mm. and they're brutal because all of a sudden they'll shoot a, like a tiny laser at you that'll cut your arm off you know and so it doesn't matter how powerful you are. Like at any point they could shoot this like laser beams or shit mm-hmm. at you or like their fists could become really heavy and they just like knock you in the face. So they were super hard to kill too, yeah. even though they're just like normal people just in these yeah. power suits. I mean, it's been established at this point in Dragon Ball Super that you don't necessarily have to be like a martial arts master or have key. If you have a technology that's powerful enough, you can actually go toe to toe with the big boys. I think Majetta, the giant like uh, lava eating robot was a uh, proof of that when he was battling against Vegeta, which... He just had a good strategy that's still like i think my second favorite fight from dragon ball super that's a stupid fight Corey. i love that fight so much dude i love magetta i think he's a fantastic character it was a joke all the way around it was a <laughs> shitty fight <laughs> anywho well i think that's a great cap off for our uh, discussion on dragon ball super obviously we're really excited for the next episode uh but next i want to talk about power rangers so before we talk about this new trailer, uh, what's your history with the Power Rangers? Were you ever like a big fan when you were watching or younger? Just a casual fan. First two iterations I cared about, and then I outgrew it. It mm-hmm. like caught me right going into like middle school, so I just sort of stopped. Middle school? Interesting. No, 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 no. it was elementary school. I take yeah. that back. Because I was like in, when Power Rangers came out, I was in first grade. I just remember I stopped paying attention once the Green Ranger became the White Ranger. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time I, I, I really cared, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was that was like it. right at the end of uh, Mighty Morphin before yeah. they moved into Zeo. Yeah, Zeo I did not care about. So maybe I just watched the first iteration. Yeah, Zeo is where I just sort of stopped watching, but mostly just because I was one, I was just starting to kind of grow tired of it. And two, Zeo just was not as cool as Mighty Morphin. It's weird going from cool kick ass dinosaur robots to like just like weird, just standard robots that you see anytime. Um, but. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for me was definitely one of my like big influences for why I think I like like anime and Godzilla. Yeah, it did so sort much. of get us used to Japanese stuff without us knowing we were getting used to mm-hmm. Japanese stuff. Because I mean, as a kid, I was you know I was oblivious. The internet didn't exist anymore. I didn't think anymore. Huh, this you... looks like a Japanese show to me. Yeah, it looked great. You know, just spliced in with some really cheesy American footage. Um, but the Power Rangers franchise has uh, been really freaking popular and has actually managed to maintain itself over the, the better course of about 20 or more years. And in order to celebrate that, they're actually going to be making a brand new Power Rangers movie. And it's not going to be within, I believe, the continuity of the ongoing series. It's just going to be like a straight up reboot because, you know, member Power Rangers, it's just kind of a big deal. And this brand new reboot is going to go from more like gritty style of storytelling. Although after seeing the trailer, I don't think it's going to be that gritty. 
Um, I think they're going to have the lights real low. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what it is. The whole trailer initially, like, everything's, like, at night for the most part. Or if it's, like, during the day, everything's cloudy as shit. It just doesn't look, like, super happy. We're hanging out in California, like in the old days of uh, Power Rangers. They're not going to be hanging out at Ernie's Juice Bar. Uh, the, the actual Power Rangers in this movie. I just are, always, I just immediately thought of, like, Seinfeld's thing, you know, like, cutting to them in the diner. But now bow, bow, and it's them at the Juice Bar. It's ex- <laughs> that that's one of like the first clues to let you know like this is definitely spliced with japanese footage because they always film at like one location and everything else is just the japanese footage um but this movie right here is really sort of shaking up the whole power rangers mythos because the main characters themselves the power rangers uh unlike the goody two-shoe characters they were in the original show this time they're like social outcasts which is a very easy storytelling element to get you involved in these characters because, of course, you immediately sympathize with them. Like, you really need to look at the old Power Rangers show, which you can find on Netflix, by the way, and it's just as bad as you remember. Uh, but I don't know bad if I in, want in the good way. I don't know if I want that ruined with my actual memory <laughs> of what it is. But, I mean, the actual Power Rangers in the show are so fucking squeaky clean. Like, oh, it's yeah. almost obnoxious. And in this new movie, like, everybody fucking hates them. Everybody just cannot stand them. And the story, of course, is very simple. Just a couple of teenagers who seem to discover some sort of secret power, and they're going to use this power to go up against some crazy evil alien force, that being Rita Repulsa, who's being completely changed in this movie. But the trailer itself doesn't, like, show anything, really. It's basically just the kids themselves discovering some sort of weird alien artifact or some sort of, like, secret base where presumably Zordon is going to be. They find these, like, power coins, which are going to transform them into the Power Rangers, and then at the very end of the trailer, you get to see them hanging out in the command center where presumably Zordon is going to be. I don't know if it's just going to be, like, the giant glowing head of Brian Cranston, but I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with this version of Zordon. But you start to see them transform into their Power Ranger forms at the uh, very end of the uh, trailer, and they look okay so far. Really, this was a teaser in almost every single sense of the words. Like, they just, they're not ready to show anything quite yet. We're probably going to get another trailer in the next couple of months. What I did love about it, though, and the thing uh, that's not even really important to the trailer is how everything is bookended, where you have, like, this remixed version of the Power Rangers theme actually playing at the beginning and the end. Uh, But even still, I'm not even quite sure what to think about this. I'm not sure if I like it. I'm not sure if I hate it. And I'm not even sure if I'm the demographic that they're aiming for. I mean, yeah, they're trying to hit that nostalgic funny bone for people who grew up with the franchise. But really, I think they're trying to cater to a more, uh, you know, post-2000 millennial audience for this one. I don't know who this movie is for. I'll be 100% honest. That's a great fucking question. Like, is this movie for us to go harken back to our childhood? Or is it for a younger generation to get into it because they kind of look like superheroes? Because mm-hmm. they are kind of they are superheroes. I mean, the Power Rangers are superheroes but, at the end of the day. But uh, they're different. They're not Marvel or DC. No, they're very much not Marvel and DC. They're a product of Japan. Yeah, they're definitely. You know, they're Super Sentai heroes who fight against giant, you know, rubber suited monsters and shit. You know, they, they take a lot of their inspiration they're from very, Godzilla and kaiju movies. Yeah, they're very Godzilla light. You know, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know who's going to go see this movie. I may go see it, um, but I, I also may not. You know? <laughs> I, I, I'm undecided at this yeah. point about this. I one. mean, 
you know, it's not too often that I see something from my childhood get rebooted that I really want to go see. Like, you know, I love Ninja Turtles, but even when that second one came out, I'm like, mm, I'm going to avoid that one like the plague. But Power Rangers kind of has me by the balls. I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do with this franchise. I freaking loved the Power Rangers growing up. It was like one of those, like, I saw an episode for the first time on a Saturday morning, and I was instantly hooked kind of things. Like, just the first episode that I saw was the Power Rangers fighting against this monster, which was called the Pudgy Pig, which was literally just, like, a giant pig wearing a Trojan helmet, and, it like, it was taking over the world by eating all the food on the planet. And it was so ridiculous, but it was just so damn fun, and I just immediately became a huge fan. My cousin who lived right next door to me, he also became a huge fan of the series. We had huge crushes on the Pink Ranger and everything. Well, that chick was hot. Uh, she was. Kimberly was awesome. No one cared about the Yellow Ranger? I thought Trini was pretty freaking cool. Really? I really liked. I, I love the fact that she had uh, the saber tooth tiger as. Uh, cause I, I thought, just I just thought saber tooth tigers were awesome. I liked the uh, t- the Red Rangers uh, T Rex, which oh, I yeah. really wish that they had used independently more. You I know, mean, who does not love the Red Ranger? Uh, the Red Ranger reminds me of what is one of the greatest Christmas memories in my entire life. I believe it was the Christmas of '93 or '94 when the Power Ranger toys first started coming out. And, of course, I wanted all of them. I just wanted the Rangers and the Monsters and the Zords. And this was a period of time, like, when something was, like, hype like that and parents had to go to, like, toy stores to find them, they would have to fucking fight people for that shit. And I know my mom went through all sorts of crap. And at the time, of course, my favorite Power Ranger was the Red Ranger. I mean, he's a freaking T-Rex. And I'd already gotten a few early Christmas presents because we have, like, a tradition in our household when we were younger. Like, on Christmas Eve, uh, you get, like, one gift from the parents. Um, And I got one, and I got the Blue Ranger uh, from my dad, and I got the Black Ranger from my mom. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I was, like, so grateful. I was like, oh, my God, these are so awesome. But in my head, I'm saying, like, oh, I really wish I had the Red Ranger. And then the very next day, we have our big Christmas party. All our family comes over. My grandpa comes over. And my grandpa got me the Red Ranger. And it blew my freaking mind. It was one of those instances, like, you remember N64 Kid? Oh, yeah. It was kind of like that. Like, I (laughs) flipped out. Like, ran over to my grandfather, jumped in his arms, and just thanked him so many times. And the other reason that Christmas is so memorable is because uh, my dad had gotten my grandpa a brand new pair of slacks, which were, like, really fancy. And my grandpa had had a little too much eggnog, and he just decided to try them on right there in front of everyone. Wow. <laughs> he was in his underwear and everything, and it was really funny. So I'll always remember that Christmas for my grandpa getting a little too tipsy, taking off his pants in front of everyone, and getting the Red Ranger toy. Different which, times. Oh, uh, you know... I have that kind of, like, retroactive thinking of, like, man, I know that was just a toy from when I was growing up and I don't have it anymore, but damn, I wish I still had it. You know, it was it was one of those toys we ended up just giving away to the, to a, I believe, the Kidney Foundation, um, where we gave away a lot of toys and clothes and everything, and just, oh, I wish I still had that Red Ranger toy. It was so cool. I, I carried that thing, like, everywhere with me for, like, a whole year. I loved that freaking action figure. I don't and know eventually I was able to thing. Hmm? What, what what was it called? Do you know? I'm looking um, up it on, on It was uh, just Mighty Morphin Power Rangers toys from 1993. Okay. Uh, Red Ranger old. Yeah, you're looking it up on eBay right now. Uh, it, I'll be able to know it instantly because the old Power Ranger toys had these very distinctive looking boxes. They're like kind of triangular. Um, maybe we'll see here. Is that We're, it? That might be it. It might be a little different than that, though. Um, 
There it is, right there. That one? Well, no, it, well, it's similar to the one that's below it. This but one? it doesn't have the shield that the, the well, Green that's Ranger not, has. That's not, the, uh, that's not the right Red Ranger. Mm-mm. But, um... This weird box, though, is what yeah, you're Yeah, but it's got like that... There it is, right there. This guy? Yeah, Bandai, 1993. That was the Red Ranger action figure. You can relive your nostalgia for only $27. I, I could. thought that'd be worth way more than that. What yeah, the? you would think it would be. Because at the time, these toys were impossible to find, especially around Christmas time. And, you know, in my household, you know, if you got a gift, it was basically birthday or Christmas. Occasionally, if you did something nice around the house, did some chores, you might be able to make a little money for an extra toy. Dude, that is, for some reason, that immediately reminded me of South Park. Dude, this is like two Christmases and a birthday worth of stuff. When you're a kid, that shit's important. Because, you know, know, occasionally, like I said, you you do something cool. You know, maybe if you got, did really well in school, you might get a gift or something. Occasionally, mom might surprise you with a toy. Um, But, like, Christmas and birthdays are where you clean up. That's where you're, like take advantage of it and try to get as much shit as you can. So I was really afraid I wasn't going to get the Red Ranger, and my grandpa just surprised me. And I loved that toy so much. Uh, it was super poseable. It came with, like, his sword and his gun and everything. It was just so much fun. And I spent all of Christmas break, me and my cousin, just playing with our Power Ranger toys and going outside and playing with them and Look, shit. Look, you can buy the whole Mighty Morphin Power Ranger set, 19-disc DVD set for $79. Or you can just watch it on Netflix. Or you can just watch it on Netflix. Oh. Or you can just Google that shit. <laughs> As much as I love original Power Rangers, uh, I don't think it's aged that well. It's definitely a product of the early 90s. Like I said, just look at that American footage of the actual Power Rangers themselves. They're so fucking cheesy and way too good. Dude, this shoes. is my, if this plays right, this was my favorite moment. And that's when the White Ranger got in her... Uh, in, involved and he mm-hmm. brought in his uh his saber tooth side tiger or what is uh it? he had the white tiger the white tiger yeah Which i remember is... this i remember this arc because it was during a week when i was just starting up playing baseball and because i had practice every day i would always miss the episodes but my brother always videotaped the episodes for me so i'd always get home back when vhs was a thing and i remember seeing this for the first time dude i remember exactly where i was when i watched this for the first time like this shit is like it in in you know, oh, look at that shitty ass graphics. Uh, <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's, that's awesome. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I just remember running really fast, mm-hmm. tearing it up, having like no coordination looking, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the following Christmas, I did get uh, the White Ranger. The White Ranger and the Green Ranger, to me, are the coolest Rangers because they I got mean, shoulder without pads. Without a doubt, they just they look so distinctive and cool. Yeah, they got the cooler. Personally, I'm a Green Ranger kind of guy. I do think White Ranger is super close um, just because the overall design just looks, looks so cool. He has the, uh, the talking sword, Saba. And, I mean, his Zord is also unique. That was a cool thing, too, about getting that toy the following Christmas. The White Ranger action figure came with the Tiger Zord. Well, so was it was, like, it? both things together. Yeah, because it was, tr- like, a Transformer. Like, mm-hmm. it transformed into both. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was another Zord that, you know, you could combine with a lot of the other ones. Do you remember that one Zord where they could combine this Zord and another Zord, and they made, like, a big tank thing? Oh, hell yeah. They what had was that uh, called? In the very first season... That was, like, uh, the most powerful Zord. Yeah, was there was, uh, I think it was called Titanus. It was a giant, like, Brontosaurus that all of the other Zords could combine and then sit on the back of, which, unfortunately, I never had. There's always that one toy that you want as a kid and you never get it, and you still want it even when you're an adult. We, I was just at uh, Anime Week in Atlanta about a week and a half ago, and I saw this one booth that was selling the Dragon Zord action figure, which I wanted so freaking much as a kid and never got. Power Rangers. Uh, Titanus. T-I-T-A-N-U-S. T-I-T-A. And you should be able to find like all of them together. Um, let me see. Titanus, the very first scene. 
Um, good, just go to the images section too, and you might be able to actually. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, there's the Brontosaurus Titanus, which could hold all of the Zords together. It would hold the Megazord, which had the Dragon Zord on top of it, and then that would sit. There it is. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Sit, and there was a toy of that, and one of my friends at school had it, and I was so jealous. Yeah, you're like, oh, I wanted Titanus so bad. Um, I did eventually get another combiner droid though, which was a droid, a Zord uh, that was called uh, I think Tor. It was a giant turtle. And uh, it looked really awesome. But yeah, Titanus was like, to me, kind of like the, the holy grail of the Zord. So this Zord is not a combination of Zords. This is its own Zord that gets brought in, and yeah. then they, they combine with they, that They Zord. combine the Megazord with the Dragon Zord. They become like one, I think it's called the Super the super Dragon Zord. And then that sits in the back of Titanus, and it rides it like a giant chariot of death. Yeah. Like it has all these missiles and shields all over it. It's just, it's awesome. And I also really love that the Red Ranger eventually wore uh, the uh, the weird shield thing that the Green Ranger wears. I thought that was really cool. I mean, I did have a Green Ranger action figure, but I didn't have his Zord. Is that the toy? That's a little different. They they, a, they use the Shogun Megan Zord with that one, but uh, you should be able to just look it up on images. You'll be able to find that exact one right there. Um, the Dino Ultra Zord. What a cool sounding name. The Shogun Ultra Zord. I think they used it once in the TV show. Yeah, they only used it once. And instead of actually like using the actual footage of Titanus from like the Japanese footage, because that form never existed in the original, they actually took the toy and filmed that. Oh my god. Yeah, because it looked so it looked so similar to the actual show. That's how good those toys were though. They looked really cool. Like that one right there, that is just the toy. Yeah. Like the- just and they used that for the actual show. Well, that's awesome. But yeah, Titanus was fucking awesome. I mean, it is just, cool. Ugh, such a cool fucking thing. Easily my favorite Zord was all those three combined. I mean, it's definitely a little bit of nostalgia is playing into that, but uh, there it is. And I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with the this Zords in the new Power Ranger. Or which one are you seeing? This is um, it. Let me see. I mean, it's definitely the first two, but you're looking for the toy, right? Yeah. Like, there's the Titanus action figure right there with a freaking... Uh, Here? That right there is the Megazord with the with the uh, Dragon Zord on this top of it. This is so entertaining for people just listening. Oh, okay. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there. There. No, there. No. But, uh, but yes, uh, the images that we're looking at of just of the old Power Ranger toys. Um, there's Tor the Turtle. I did have that one. Well, that's boring. He was cool. Ish. And he could hold a lot of the Zords, but he didn't have the... You know, the the cool factor of Titanus, who was a giant dinosaur and had guns all over him. I mean... There it is. Yeah, there it is, right there. And there's Tor right next to him, actually. Well, that, guy um, has, that guy's getting laid all the time. <laughs> giant turtle compared to a brontosaurus with lasers all over it. But yeah, like, damn, that thing is still so cool looking. Ugh! There's no way that the new Zords in the Power Rangers movie are going to look as cool as the old ones. No, they're going to look like Transformers with all this moving shit all over them. Exactly. They're going to be way too freaking busy. Dude, and they're not I gonna... totally would like frame that in my house. Like, look oh, the, this. This, there's this amazing poster of all the Megazords. Yeah. The actual like Transform one in the back, but I like that they included all the individual forms. Yeah. Because you know, they didn't get as much play. Save that picture. I will. That's, that's should, fucking awesome. Maybe that looking. should be the thumbnail. Oh, no, you already made one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that's that's freaking cool looking. I love that. Yeah, I'll say that. There it is. Yeah, I had the Megazords. I didn't have the Dragon Zord, and I didn't have Titanus. Uh, Would have loved to have them. Uh, maybe someday when I become a fucking millionaire, I'll just buy it. Who cares? Uh, but still, aren't I, you I, already a millionaire? You're a famous YouTuber, Corey. She, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're okay YouTubers, I think. Um, you guys can change that though. Yeah, our PayPal by watching button. our videos more. PayPal. Yeah. 
Not even that. Just fucking watch our YouTube channel, Let's please. Let's just skip the middleman. Just give us money, guys. Yeah, just give us money. We need more money. <laughs> so we can build a rocket ship yeah. to go to Mars. So right. overall, yeah, I'm I'm mildly interested in the brand new Power Rangers movie. It is something that I think I will have to see. Just like I said, for nostalgic reasons. And like I said, I didn't like the Ninja Turtles. Like I saw the first one, hated it. Sequel came around. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not even going to try. But with this, I, I have to see what they're doing with this. Here's a good question for you, Corey. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking up the Power Ranger leg, uh, legacy. Or the, the Saba sword. Yeah, the Saba sword. Yeah. Which is a great sword. Mm-hmm. If you could have any sword from any uh, piece of uh, pop culture media, and, you know, from like Lord of the Rings to Power Rangers, oh, where, what would you have? Dude. What Dude, would you that's have? impossible. <laughs> There's so many awesome swords. I have all the swords from Lord of the Rings. Like, like littering one wall. But I know? mean, if you had to choose one, though. Well, it'd be some shitty decoration if you only had yeah. one sword. You need I mean, just swords. thinking of some, like, I'd love the, uh, just, let's start from the past, the Sword of Omens. Okay. Thundercats. So you could watch Chitara peeing? <laughs> exactly. I'm really into that shit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think He-Man's sword, the power sword is really cool. Okay. Obviously, obviously, lightsabers are awesome. Um, if you want to get a little more modern, uh, Berserk, I love the design of the Skull Knights, like really creepy looking sword. The one that has like all the, the behelets. Yeah. The, the faces all over it. Yeah. Like that just looks really freaking metal. Um, just, yeah, it's, it'd be impossible to choose, but yeah, I mean, I love so many different swords. I just want like, I want the Hobbit sword and then I want, what's the main guy uh, in Lord of the Rings? Legacies Legacies or Legacies? Legolas? Oh, wait, are you talking? No, you're talking about, uh. Vigo Mortensen's character. No, no, I meant I meant the uh, the main guy that becomes the king at the end. Spoiler oh, okay. alert! Yeah, you're talking about uh, God. Why can I not remember his name? I don't know. Right There's now. a lot of characters in really fucking st- Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I feel really stupid. Oh, Aragorn. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aragorn sword. Just I'd the, love uh, that and the Hobbit sword. That would be the first two I'd have, and then probably uh, the this one, the Saba sword, just to mix it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I would probably. I'm sure there's some shit from Game of Thrones that looks awesome. Why not the Oathkeeper? That'd be great. The, the Oathkeeper, Oathkeeper. The Oathkeeper or... Uh, Guts' sword. Yeah, but that's too big. It's like, how are you going to mount that fucking thing on the wall, you know, if it's real? That's impossible. You know, a lot of people hate sword art online, but I really do like Kirito's sword, the Elucidator. The Elucidator? Yeah. I just One, the name just sounds cool, but I like the overall design. I think, uh, who was the asshole that got killed in Game of Thrones? The kid uh, that was the king. Um, why am I forgetting his Draco name? Malfoy 2.0? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He his his uh his uh sword I think was called the the Widow's Wail, and I like I liked that. That name. is pretty cool. It's like a metal ass name because he's like killing dudes. A sword is only as cool as its actual name. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that was cool. And where is that sword in Lord of the Rings? Not Lord of the Rings. Fucking, it was one of the very few swords that was actually made with Valerian steel that can kill White Walkers mm-hmm. because it was the melted down sword of uh, Ned Stark, and it became two swords. One is the Oathkeeper, and one is the Widow's Wail. And so the Widow's Wail, I don't know, maybe got buried with uh, him. Uh, Man, dude, if being nerdy was an RPG, you'd have just leveled up right now. Oh, my God. Choose your boost, man. Like, that was pretty fucking, that was awesome. I know. I just nerded out (laughs) hardcore. I just blacked out. Where am I? Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, I think Cool Swords. Oh, wow. I've been streaming this. (laughs) There's all these ridiculous Power Ranger battles going on in the background. Yeah. I wish we could, like, put our screen on, too. But I'm pretty sure we get hit for copyright with all the shit we're looking at. Exactly. But uh, that is an idea. We've always kind of wanted, like, a video switcher so we could just be, like, switching back and forth through our Mm -hmm. internet window so you guys could see that. Yeah. This is just dudes in suits. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. I think I that's want... I think that's Ninjor right there who's fighting against a monster. He's how a do I get 
sparks to fly off of me when I get hit with a sword. I yeah. want I make movies all the time, but I don't ever see, you know, I was I want to see how I do that. Yeah, you know? it's like the Power Rangers wore spandex, but whenever they got hit, they would always fly back, going Aah! and you see sparks coming out of their body for like no reason. I guess it's just to show that their their actual suits come from a combination of fantasy and technology. I just I want blood instead. That would have been way better if blood just squirted out every time they got cut. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what's going to be one of the big things about this new movie. Maybe they're going to push the envelope a little bit. Are you seeing this? This just came out a little while ago. Power Rangers and Justice League are teaming up for the first time next year. Uh, yeah, I saw an article about that like early, early this morning. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're going like to do a, an animated movie. But mm-hmm. like you said, DC is better animated. Or, no, so no, just, no. That's going to be a comic book. Oh, a comic book. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the, the Justice League and the Power Rangers. I mean, who wins the Red Ranger versus Batman? I mean, Batman wins because he's a better strategist, but I'm saying, like, power-wise, isn't the Red Ranger probably stronger? I don't know, dude. I think the Power Rangers could be Batman. They're pretty powerful. For, I mean, yeah, it's in their name. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but, I, think, but, I think they'd be able to do it. Hell, but, they could just call their Zord. But I'm also thinking, like, they're very powerful characters, if you yeah. think about it. Like, yeah. they would punch the shit out of Batman, and I'm pretty sure they're like, I don't want to say Superman strong, because that's ridiculous strong, mm-hmm. but they're definitely way stronger than a normal yeah, person. Yeah, I mean, they have superhuman strength. Yeah. I mean, they're, that's the whole point, is Zordon gives them, affectionately named, the power you know, to take things on. So. I got the power. <laughs> and like I said, I can't wait to see Brian Cranston. But like, like I said, this whole teaser trailer thing—they're keeping things really secret. It is a teaser trailer in every sense of the way. But Power Rangers are coming back, and in a pretty big freaking way. So, if anyone who likes Netflix and has been keeping up with Netflix knows about the new series that's been coming out, and that is Luke Cage. Always forward, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, yeah. unless you get shot in the gut and then you yeah. got to run away and do a Ninja Turtle arc where you hide in a bathtub. <laughs> that anyway. is a pretty good reference. I enjoyed that one, Chris. Yeah, I tried. All I right, tried. so yeah, Luke Cage, uh, the first season is out. It's there in the wild for everyone. Uh, I know that you power watched the entire series pretty quick. Three days. Three days. Uh, I watched it over the course of about 13 days because uh, I wanted to review the entire uh, series, one episode a day. And I liked it. I think it's my second favorite Netflix Marvel show. It's Nazca's Daredevil, mm-hmm. but it is definitely better than Jessica Jones because it's a female lead. No one likes those. Suck Ew, it. cooties. Ew, cooties. Get that out of here. Um, <laughs> women aren't strong. Why are they leads? Um, women so, are funny, Christian. Get over it. Yeah, every time Amy Schumer talks about her vagina, I fucking lose it. Okay? <laughs> I fucking lose it. Anyway, so uh, Luke Cage is great, though, because I like... The storytelling. Mm-hmm. I can't believe. I borderline think people were trolling us when I saw articles about white people saying Luke Cage was racist. Like, Wait, what? You didn't even catch on any of that? Look no. at this. People, I'm just going to search this right now. People on the are saying Luke Cage is racist? Yeah, Luke What Cage about it is racist? I mean, is... it's 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 a show that is, you know, th- there's a lot of racial tension, oh, especially said, because it's, you know, trying to be culturally relevant with things that are going on now, but I don't think it's a racist show. Why we shouldn't be mad with white people thinking Luke Cage is racist. What? A lot of white people, uh, supposedly, let me just tell you the perspective that mm-hmm. I saw on the internet or from my Facebook feed. They said... <laughs> <laughs> just for perspective, everyone, uh, they, they said that Luke Cage was racist because white people couldn't relate because they don't understand black culture. And like, I okay, before saw- you go any further, can I just say something that's really been pissing me off a lot lately? 
You do not need to be represented in a story to give that story merit, okay? One of my favorite video game series of all time is Metroid. Guess what? The main character is a freaking bombastic blonde bitch who hangs out in a mech suit. I don't see myself as Samus. I just like playing the game because it is fun. I think a good story can hold its own as long as it is simply just that a good story you do not need to see yourself in every character fuck off okay read this read these quotes Corey. okay read this sorry for getting really passionate there but that does really piss me off all right so here's some of the comments they're saying a lack of white people in luke cage (laughs) makes me uncomfortable this show is racist how is this on this is what i'm talking about When I was watching Luke Cage, I wasn't thinking the whole time, man, I really hope that there's a bald white guy with glasses in this show so I can feel like I'm included. (laughs) Fuck, I was just watching the show because it was good and it had well-developed characters. And first of all, I think you and I, um, and maybe a lot of people nowadays, we relate to cultures. I understand. I'm not saying I understand what it's like to be black, but what I'm saying is I enjoy hip hop. I enjoy that world that that show took me in. I've, I've, investigated and enjoyed that culture from other perspectives before that show came out. So for me, I immediately enjoyed that show. Luke Cage was unapologetically black and embraced everything about black culture. There's nothing wrong with that. If anything, it enhanced the show and it made it more interesting than some of the other things that we've seen from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And if anything, Luke Cage was the whitest motherfucker in that show. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely was. (laughs) He was corny as shit. He was corny. He was not into the N-word. He was just like... Hey guys, let's quit that. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of who he was. You know? Like that that scene in the final episode when he's giving that whole speech about hope. I was holding back laughter. I was like, "This is so fucking corny right now." Luke Cage. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess yeah, I don't. But remember. I mean, that's that's what Luke Cage is. But th- the whole point is, you can't just attach stereotypes to people like no. that. Luke Cage is Luke Cage. He's not just a token black character. The world was the token black character, but Mm -hmm. Luke Cage did not play along with that, Mm -hmm. you know? And we've all seen, I don't know how he even described it. We've all seen the guys that want to be cool around black guys. So they act more black or have black friends that aren't actually like, that don't act that black. But then when they hang out with black people, they start acting black. Yeah. I I don't know what to call that, but I've seen it before, you know? Mm -hmm. So some people might call it appropriation. Okay, that's a good word for it. I think yeah. that's too fancy of a word. Yeah. You know, fake <laughs> is a good one. That's probably the best way to describe it. So, you know, like for this show to have a black main character in a black uh, cultural universe that wasn't black, you know, I found that enjoyable. I was like, oh, they, they knew what they wanted with this character and they stuck to it. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. Um, so, and uh, have you heard of the uh, term? Um, oh, what is it? It's a. Uh, Recreational outrage. <laughs> that, that, that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. People just need something to be pissed about. Yeah, people you know? always are just, I don't know. It's stupid for people to not like the show because there's a lack of white people in it. That's just stupid. Like I said, it, it's all about representation in media. It doesn't always have to be about you. It can just be about a good story. Like, just, we don't relate to, we don't personally relate to goku but we love dragon ball z exactly look at all the anime we watch yeah we are far from being fucking japanese cultured people we are we're fucking americans yeah but we still love that shit we love it because of the interesting characters the storylines and the things that we go through not because we can always just simply relate to them yes it is 
kind of cool when you can find a character that you're like, oh, that character's kind of like me. But it doesn't need to define an entire series. Look, you're looking at a Power Rangers clip right now. How come that turtle don't look like me? <laughs> how come it's? How come that turtle's green? Why can't that turtle be pink? Like you're a motherfucking gay fish. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, you can't always do that, and really, things are happening a lot like that in the in the media right now. In a lot of movies, things are being diversified. Simply just for the inclusion of everyone, but the fact of the matter is, I love how people spun it because a lot of uh, black people—I shouldn't say it like that—but a lot of people of color have said that normal media does not represent them because it's mostly whitewashed, mm -hmm. and black people exclusively don't get that outrage. I mean, you know, they take a lot of things and whitewash them. Mm -hmm. So the first time they like stick to their guns. Fucking white people like, where are the white people? Exactly. You know, I'm like, what? Get over it, man. It's like, you do know this show is set in fucking Harlem, right? Yeah, like, Like, what? you ever been there? You ever seen what it's like? This is a pretty good representation of that. And it isn't off-putting. I love this. Corey, read this last one. The, the Beast. All right. The Beast says, my review of Marvel Luke Cage. Meh, it's okay. Not enough white people. <laughs> Jesus I'm sorry I brought up the race angle, but I thought I saw this and I no, was like, I'm glad you brought it up. I, I just, I just was like very surprised that this was a thing. You know, I was like this recreational outrage of these weirdos, you know, like coming out, not just if, if it's good or it's good, you know, and if it's not, maybe you have the problem and this is affecting you because of your life, not because of the show being a problem. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, uh, whenever you see art that affects you in a weird way, I think maybe you have to look inside and see why does that bother you, you know? Mm. And uh, people don't like doing that because it makes them uncomfortable. Exactly. They, they're all stuck in their little fucking safe spaces. Uh, I love how that one university was like, fuck your safe spaces. You come here, you're going to be challenged. Exactly. You know? That's the way life needs to be. Yeah. Okay, so what else about Luke Cage? It was great. I mean, yeah, we, we I spent mean, a lot of time <laughs> complaining about the internet, but we didn't really talk <laughs> but, about it. But, I mean, it's a great show. Um just one, I'm glad that they took another Marvel character that a lot of people didn't know about or wasn't necessarily like the A-list superhero. I didn't even know he existed until I heard about the series. I mean, you know? I barely knew anything about I was just like, oh, you mean the big, super powerful black guy? Like, that's all I knew about Luke Cage. Yeah. Um, and this gave me an experience to finally dive into his world and learn a little bit more about him. And I think the series did a pretty damn good job. And I mentioned this in my review. It managed to not only be culturally relevant and not be ham-fisted about it and also tell a good superhero story all at the same time. And Luke Cage was just, he's such a great character because unlike a lot of other superheroes who have to be decked out in costumes and you never actually see them, I, I said this in my review, he's like the physical embodiment of Harlem. Yeah, he represents, you know I mean? and in some ways you could even make the, the case that he represents the uh, the the struggle of the black community. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Know? He, he, he is the physical manifestation of all of those things. Um, he's a hero that doesn't need a costume. He goes out just by himself wearing a hoodie or in the comics where he just wears like a yellow shirt. Or if it's the 70s and he's wearing a tiara and chains and everything, which I did love in that one episode when they actually had him wear his original costume. When was that? Why don't it I was, remember uh, that? When he broke out of Seagate Prison. You remember how he had the tiara on from that like weird uh, experiment they were doing? Oh, they were kind of harkening back. Yeah, to that. it just I so see. happened that that tiara looked exactly like the one he wore in the old days in the comics in the seventies, and then he escaped with a yellow V-neck shirt and these pants with chains on them. So it was basically classic Luke Cage. And Luke I thought Cage, that was a, a great callback to that character. But again, he he doesn't need to uh, to wear his costume in order to be a hero. No, he, he doesn't. And not. everybody knows who he is, uh, especially at the end of the first season. 
So he has nothing to hide. He's just, he is a hero. Simple as that. He doesn't have to be like Spider-Man or Daredevil or fucking Iron Man or some shit. And that's what's really unique about his character. That and the fact that a lot of the things that go on in Luke Cage are on a more smaller scale when compared to the other Marvel Cinematic Works. Like in the movies, they're always fighting against aliens and otherworldly beings who are getting ready to destroy the planet and shit. Uh, and that's what's been so great about the Netflix series overall, like with Daredevil and everything. They, they've scaled things down a little bit, but it still feels these like micro there's this worlds, grandiose story going Yeah, on. these micro worlds are important mm -hmm. because that's what these characters are dealing with. It's not like aliens, these unhumanized mass, massive armies, you know, like you see in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. These are relatable concepts. Like, my fucking neighborhood sucks. That guy down the street's a big-ass gangster. I need to stop him. He's hurting my girlfriend, my community, my pops. You know, like, mm -hmm. that's it. That's all it needs to be. Because you know why? That's relatable. Mm -hmm. Most of the people probably don't like nerdy Without shit. Without having to be all-inclusive all the fucking time. Yeah, but at the same time, like, nerdy shit sometimes becomes unrelatable because they want to have... You know, beam sabers, no offense to like uh, Star Wars and like, Gundam. Gundam and shit, but they want like aliens. They want um, fantasy magic. Like sometimes people don't care about that stuff and that immediately turns them off because they can't relate. You know, mm -hmm. like they don't want a wizard with a big ass staff coming in and saving the day. They want a guy <laughs> that walks up that's bulletproof that stops gangsters because they know what a gangster is. They've seen a gangster, you know. Mm -hmm. So like to me, I, I enjoy this micro universe. And that's why I think S.H.I.E.L.D., Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones is actually a little more fantasy based than because uh, uh, the her the guy she fights against is like kind of. I don't know much about that character, and I've only mm -hmm. seen about four episodes of Jessica Jones, but he's like um, uh, Doctor Who gone evil or some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a way more calculating type of villain. But he also has weird powers where mm -hmm. he can he can manipulate people. Yeah, and they kind of did uh, sort of a combination of the two in Luke Cage, where you have characters like uh, Cottonmouth or uh, Mariah Dillard, who are basically just normal people sort of working in the background and manipulating the system. And then in the second half of the series, you have Diamondback, who's just super over the top, loves to chew the scenery. And by the end of the series, he's wearing a power suit. Yeah. You it's know, awesome. so it really does give you sort of like the, the, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Like Cottonmouth, man, that introduction of Cottonmouth, whenever he walks up and the biggie crown hits his head, mm -hmm. that was sexy. Yeah. You know? Like that was great. Did you notice in the last episode when Mariah was putting up the new painting, they did the same thing with her? No. Her new painting was, uh, it was like this Picasso-esque version of the original painting with two different characters wearing crowns, which I think were supposed to symbolize both Mariah and Shades. But she does sort of the same thing. She walks up and she has kind of like a little mini crown on her head. Mm. So, you know, she's, you know, the second coming of not only a Mother Mabel, but of course Cottonmouth. Tiny spoiler alert, because I want to discuss this with you, but I'm going to say if you haven't seen the show, you may not want to hear this conversation. It's a little late for that at that, this point, but it's still I'm worth I'm getting seeing. very specific, so that's why I don't yeah. want to ruin anything. Yeah. When Mariah kisses Shades on the neck, do you think that was supposed to be sexual or a symbol? My opinion is it was a symbol of their togetherness, their in it together kind of concept, you know, because they were borderline intimate. Yeah, because it wasn't like a very like I don't think Shades was even wanting to kiss her. Yeah, I don't even think their relationship is really even going to go that way. I think it was also more of a way of Mariah saying, like, I got you by a leash, motherfucker. You're mine. You're my fucking toy and I can do whatever I want with you. You think it was that? You yeah, think she's it was trying me. to assert her power a little bit, despite the fact that Shades is obviously manipulating her like a freaking puppet master. Maybe. And at the same time, I always saw Shades getting killed throughout the series. I'm like, yeah. eh, he's going to die. I'm glad it didn't happen, because he was great. Yeah, he was one of the most interesting characters. Yeah. And I also, look at that. Uh, well, is Shades white? 
I can't tell. No, I don't give a fuck. He's just cool. No, but he is. <laughs> he was. He just starkly stood out. I mean, shit. My favorite character from the series was Bobby Fish, the dude who plays uh, chess at Pops's uh, barbershop. Really? Cotton he's Mouth. great. Cottonmouth was uh, my favorite because yeah. that guy, for some reason, man, his acting is so fucking spot on. It's yeah. freaky. He was believable as like, that character. He embraced everything about it. Whereas Diamondback, while the actor did a great job, he was so hammy. Yeah, you know? he, he borderline broke the world, mm-hmm. you know, like or stood out of the universe. You but know? even Mariah was pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, who, I think that my favorite scene, though, was whenever uh, who's the uh, the investigator, the black investigator? Misty Knight. Misty who's Knight. Also one of the biggest stars of the show. When she uh, so had sexy. her big breakthrough with the therapist in <laughs> yeah. the uh, investigating room, I thought that was one of the best acted scenes of this whole season. Mm. Like that was a powerful ass scene when she's like. I don't find justice. I chase it down and beat the shit out of it, yeah. you know, or whatever it was. You Brought know, to you like, by Country Time Lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone paid a lot of money to get that shit in there. Seriously. That, I don't know if that was blatant product placement or just like, we just need some fucking lemonade for this scene. Yeah. So they're like, I mean, is there a vending machine here? That's bullshit, Corey. They, uh, Country Time Lemonade paid the fuck to get in oh, that yeah, shit. Oh, yeah, they definitely did. No one just throws some logos yeah. in there, you know? It is bullshit. We all know Minute Maid's better. I don't drink canned lemonade. Gross. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, anyway, I think that's a, a great place to end today's show. Clearly, we really love Luke Cage, and I think we can both really recommend it to people who are looking for a superhero show. That ninja has gills. <laughs> that's, that's the only way we can say that line. Um, but anywho, guys, thank you very much for tuning in to uh, today's Powerful Nerdcast. Uh, make sure to check out our show on rogueintel.com. You can also download the show for free at iTunes, and you can also find the video version on YouTube. We really would like you to do that so you can interact with us, leave us your questions, some comments, some topics that you guys would like us to talk about. We would really, really appreciate that. And we'd also really like if you go to iTunes and give us a rating, because uh, that's really important to allow people to see our show. The more ratings we get, the more we're well-known. So there it is, guys. Uh, I'm Corey. I am Christian. And this was the Powerful Nerdcast. We will see you guys next time.